Before we begin, an exciting announcement. On September 22nd, we are going to have our first live podcast taping and meetup in Los Angeles. That live means, studio audience. Yeah. You can come and watch us record. Participate. Uh, see the magic happen. Behind the scenes. There'll be audience participation. We're going to have some amazing special guests on the episode. Uh, there'll be live music. It's at a really cool venue. The High Hat. The High Park. It's going to be a great time. We're very excited. For more information, go to betasoutpodcast.com forward slash live uh, or check out our Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. The link is in my bio as well. It's limited seats, so make sure you buy your ticket soon. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. This is your semi-regular podcast about real things diabetes. No notes. No notes. <laughs> Last episode, I had Dave and James on, and we had a fun little conversation about lots of random things. But there was one point uh, where we were talking about jobs. I don't know how it came up. We were talking about jobs with type 1, and I said something about how people with type 1 can't get jobs where they're in like emergency situations where they have to like save someone's life. Nurses. Well, that's what I'm getting to. So I said something like, you, uh, you can't be an astronaut, you can't be in the military, and you can't be a commercial pilot. Jobs where you're like responsible for someone's life in an emergency situation. So like you go low and you're flying the plane, there goes the Could plane. Could you be a surgeon? That I don't know. But after the episode, I got a letter from a listener who uh, is a nurse. He was in a level one trauma center in New York. And, you know, he was responsible for people's lives. And that wasn't quite what I meant, like being responsible for someone's life. It was more like. I think that kind of falls under the same. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite what I, I meant. Okay. Uh, but it was an, an interesting point. And what he said was uh, for years when he was there, he would keep his blood sugar high on mm -hmm. purpose just to make sure he wouldn't go low when an emergency happened. And it kind of got me thinking about, I don't know, the issue with like type ones in the workplace. And obviously being in the front lines in Afghanistan is very different than what I do sitting at a desk doing editing videos and making graphic design things. Um, so there's a wide range. And I understand why the military wouldn't want someone with type 1 fighting on the front lines. Not that we couldn't do it, but just... Did James and Dave agree with you? I don't, I don't think, it wasn't really like an argument. It wasn't really a debate. It was just kind of like, these are the things that we're not allowed to do right now. Mm -hmm. um, and the listener who emailed me actually uh, mentioned a PDF he had found with some study done at a military base where they were looking at 
keeping people who were in the military who were then diagnosed with type one in? Like, what could we do to keep them in the military? And it wasn't like this, you know, conclusive thing that the military was going to adopt. It was just like an interesting study of something they're doing at this camp. Um, what was it? Well, basically they said like, with all this new technology, we can do lots of things. Like having Dexcoms makes it easy for someone to manage their blood sugar. But uh, is it feasible to have someone fighting and have someone back home in the U.S. on Dexcom share like right. watching it? And, you know, sure, I have lots of people. I don't have people who follow me 24-7 on Dexcom share. But if I went low, there's really not anything they can do besides text me and say, hey, you're low, which. Or call a family member. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm serving in the military yeah. and. Yeah, you're right. You know, they're not, I'm not going to get a text and check my Apple watch me like, oh, I should eat. Right. Um, but I don't know. I think jobs in the workplace is a very stressful thing with type yes. one. And you've had very different experiences than me. Yeah. Um, I remember you telling me once about when you were a server at a restaurant and how you'd go low. Yeah, often. And what would you do? I'd have to go in the back and treat it and have someone cover my table. Yeah. And it's not like, I don't know. What could you have done? Like, could you have just, I mean, I guess in theory, you could have just kept yourself high all the time. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so bad. I worked at a bar. Um, it was really easy for me to go up to the bartender and ask for juice or a soda. Yeah. But I still wouldn't be able to talk to my tables that low. And I know, like, I would, be, I would be, like, greeting them or taking their order. And if I would feel a low coming on, I'd be like, fuck. Like, I'm not going to remember what they're saying right now. So I just have to, like get through it as quickly as possible and then go in the back. But that wasn't my that job now. That was also now. pre Dexcom era. Yes. So like. My job now is more stressful. Because. Because I'm taking care of children. You're in charge of someone. I'm in charge of someone else's life. Potential emergency situation. Yeah. And no matter what, I put theirs before mine. Even if I'm not me, like even if it's unintentional. In what way? If I ever know I'm low and they're like, I have never really stopped what I'm doing with them. Right. Remember the story how I was, one of them was in the bathtub and I was low and she was shivering and I like couldn't take her out. Like I couldn't just take her out and leave her there. So I like took her out. I was like very, 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 like I just saw myself like double arrows down and I could feel it so badly. It was so fucking stressful. And I had to take her out of the bath. And then she was, that's when she started shivering. So I was like, fuck. So then I started, I had to like go in and like put her pajamas on and do this whole thing as I was just plummeting. And then as soon as I finished, I could like set her down and treat it. And I said, and I'll say it again, not saying that was the right thing to do. She would have survived being outside of the bathtub, being a little cold <laughs> while I treated it first, you know? But every time I'm in like that situation, it's always them. I mean, do it's you scary. think that's, it's stressful? Do you, do you think that's just or like when I'm flustered? If I'm like, and now I watch two kids, so I watch a three year old and a six month old, yeah. and if like both of them are crying, or I'm changing one's diaper and the other one's screaming at me, or like I'm feeding both at the same time and I'm low, my first thought is never like, let me treat this. I'm like, oh my god, I need to get these kids under control, or I need to make sure they're okay. 
before I treat myself kind of thing. But do you ever think about what would happen if you did pass out from yeah, a Yeah, I think that's... Because of... Yeah, I, oh, you mean like, should I... I should... Yeah, the kid's standing there next to the tub. I know, no, you're right. You it's more juice. just like in the moment. Or pick them up and carry them to get juice. Right. I mean, now it's easier that the three-year-old... Oh, my God. Wait, I, can I just pause the cutest thing the three-year-old said today? Yeah. I was watching this Instagram story of Jen Bartels, and she heard... Maddie heard her voice and was like, who's that? And I was like, that's my friend Jen. And then I looked at her, I was like, she's diabetic too, because Maddie's like obsessed with my diabetes. And she goes, oh, she has diabetes? And I go, yeah. And she goes, and you do too? And I go, yeah. And, and without skipping a beat, she goes, well, that's okay. We're all different. So am I. And Aww. I start, I'm, I started, or she goes, we're all different. Even, like, so I, even I am. And I literally started crying. It was very sweet. Now it's easier because she understands and I can tell her like one second. But it is scary when like, I don't know. I am in charge of keeping them alive every day. Yeah. But that does take me making sure I'm alive to keep them alive. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah, obviously the first thing I should do is treat myself so I'm capable. It's like putting your, this was like the one we had where it's like putting your oxygen mask on before putting someone else's. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be able to help them do anything if I'm passed out on the floor. Luckily, it's never gotten to a point like that. That bathtub thing was the scariest one. I remember when that It happened. just all happened so fast. And like when kids are crying, you know, it's hard to think. So what is, I don't know, it's, it's. Or if I'm like driving, I pick her up from preschool and I've had to like sit in the car and treat myself. Yeah. And know that I was going to be late. That's easy. I mean, yeah. no harm there. Yeah. It's just, just when stress. you're in there, in your care, in yeah. your possession. Yeah. It just adds a little extra. So what do you do? Do you do anything different when you're? I them? don't. No. No. You don't say, I'm going to just keep myself a little high. I no, won't give myself that extra unit. Like if you're hovering at 200, you're just like, No, okay. I've never done anything like that. But I was going to say my friend Elizabeth, she's a, in dental school to be a dentist, and she keeps herself high Yeah. when she's with a patient for the same reason. I think those kind of jobs, like I'm able, I'm able to go grab my stuff. Yeah. If you're in a... In someone's mouth. If you're in, <laughs> if you're in an OR, if you're, you know what I mean? If yeah. you're in the middle of a procedure, it's a lot different than what my do you situation. Do? Yeah. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't do that at all. I mean, I guess there's another question. I guess you can, I mean, I know when I'm high, I feel it. And I know different people's tolerances for being high are also different, but you know, I, Oh, I hate being I high. Know. Yeah, so I hate being high. So if you're co if you're purposely keeping yourself high in order to not, not go, go low, low, are you, you know, risking other things, not just necessarily like long term health, but also like how high are you? Like, are you four hundred? Probably I think not. People if you're like two hundred for a long time, yeah, I think they fine. like to do like one eighty. You, know? you know? Yeah. But before I do show, like before I, there is something like before I speak on pant, like speak at anything, I like to, I, I make sure I'm a little higher or if okay. I'm like 80 or if I'm like 90 or a hundred, I'll eat a little something yeah. just to avoid it. But that's not a constant thing. That's like a case by case situation. Yeah. But that makes sense to me. Not high, just higher than I would normally run. Yeah. Still. 
in Still range. Fine. Yeah. Not out of range. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. I don't do that with my nanny job at all. No, I don't need to. I mean, have those situations where you've gone low made you ever feel no. like because those have all been really fluke, like Yeah. You know. Nothing I could have avoided anyway. No, I've never no, I've never done that, <laughs> to put it simply. Do you think, um, you know, when you were working at that restaurant, Yeah. your boss knew yeah. your type one? Yeah, of course. Of course? Yeah, I've never worked anywhere where they didn't know I was diabetic. Well, the nanny thing, I would understand why they wouldn't. Any other job I've ever, I worked at all restaurants before that. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the first things they say. Once they Even hire like you when I'm at like the gym. in the interview. <laughs> Um, sometimes in the interview, yeah. even like I'm at my gym, we just got a new trainer. The first conversation we had, I was like, just so you know. Well, it makes sense at a gym because that's yeah. where you're like likely to go low. But are you ever worried like you will tell a boss like, oh, hey, I'm type one. No. I might go low. No. Have they ever like, asked you questions about it? Yeah, of course. They're curious. Okay. I've never had any discrimination yeah. based on my type one. But do you remember Sam's story? Yeah. Okay, so Sam is this wonderful girl who I went and um, photographed her down in Orange County, and she told me one of the most horrific <laughs> stories about having type 1 in the workplace. And she worked on campus. Um, at a university. At a university, and I forgot which department. But she was diagnosed while working there, and they were so unaccom- unaccommodating. Yeah. She would tell them they would like plan meetings, you know, and she would say, I need to, I need to like make sure I can eat before the meeting so I don't go low. And so then they gave her like a designated snack period and then would schedule meetings during her snack period so that like she couldn't make it. Like they kept doing these really weird fucked up things to make sure she wasn't, she couldn't keep her job kind of thing or like to prove that she couldn't keep it. Mm -hmm. So they would do that. They were like, she asked for a designated time to eat and then they did or like they wouldn't let her eat inside and then they would they just kept like planning things to where she couldn't come because it was like during her lunch time yeah and they didn't want her to eat like it was so fucked up so she like took everything that was happening and she brought it to hr and they said well you can either go through all of these we can either like create a stack of this and send it to someone else and like try to sue and they're like or you can quit and like we're straight up told her just to quit the job yeah and so before she got fired, which she probably was going to, she ended up quitting herself and then went off to become this like coach. And she wrote a book. Yeah. And she said it was kind of like this big fuck you to these people that thought she couldn't even work in the office she was working at. But that one was the most horrendous one. Like they were literally going like conspiring like against her. Case, it is an extreme like case. I've never heard of that happening before. I know. But I think that's a fear a lot of people have. Maybe. But yeah, I have worked at a lot of different, but they've all been in the same category. I've done a lot of um, like front desk and serving worship bars and the nanny, and I've never been scared to say that I have it. And when you go low or something, you they're never like, Laura, you keep going low no, during your shift. Never. Never. Yeah. No. And thank God I've never, that's never happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to other people. I, um. Have you? No. Yeah, no, I've worked, I think I've just worked with. I mean, I had, I had a different experience where I didn't tell, and I've said this story many times before, I didn't tell anyone that I had type one. 
until I feel like it was a few years after I was working there. Until you were having a low. No, no, I don't think I. No, no, oh. I had I had hit lows. I had done I've I'd done awful things, and <laughs> I feel like I shared this on the episode of Beta Cell that was about me, but you've done awful things to myself. Okay, go on. Like, I I don't know why I didn't want to tell people because the same reason. Other anyway. people don't want to tell people. There's a million reasons why you yeah. wouldn't want to tell people. We all know those reasons. I don't and know if we need to go over them. Yeah. I think I think for me when I was diagnosed in middle school, like everyone knew. And it was like a small class, everyone knew. And then going to high school and going to college, I didn't really have experience telling people mm. that I had it. Because I was kind of used to just everyone knowing like all the people close to me. Right. And I, it took a while to figure out how to say, oh, I have type one diabetes and that not be like, well, I think cringeworthy. You know what I mean? Right. And we've talked about this too, where you and me do have an advantage where when people ask what we do, which is normally the first question you ask someone that you're just meeting, you can say, oh, I have a podcast about type one diabetes. And I say, I take photos of type one diabetics like myself. That's my line every time. Yeah. And then it's the first thing that they know. And it's not an awkward thing because they asked me what I did and that's what I do. Icebreaker. So we do have that advantage where it can come up really easily if we want it to. Yeah. And we don't have to get to a point where, you know what I mean? Like where we have to bring it up ourselves because we're just answering one of their first questions. Yeah. So things I would do is like, you know, me and, you know, my cord, we like go out to lunch, right? All the time. And, I would like test before we went, we'd go and eat and we'd come back. And once we were back in the office, I would get my stuff, go to the bathroom and give a shot, mm. which like this was pre Dexcom and I didn't have a pump then. So it was just pens. Mm. And so it was very easy to like not really know what was going on. Like right. in my Nothing body. Nothing was physical. But look, thinking about it now, like seeing a Dexcom now, like it scares me. Like, Okay, I go out to eat. We get like Chipotle. Eat that. You know, we're there for a half hour. You know, oh, so seeing a duck's home now, knowing what you were doing what to my your body. Be doing. Coming back to the office, then give myself a shot of Humalog. So I've now like that foods, I've started eating like an hour ago, 45 minutes ago, and now I'm giving myself the insulin and just like imagining but to give- the spike and drop. You know, but to give you some credit, you you didn't know that it's not like you were like this is worth hiding it. Oh, like, I didn't you think I didn't think I was. I I knew I should have been taking the insulin when I ate. Oh, okay. So, you but I didn't think like, oh, this is so bad. Like, I didn't think yeah. like, oh, I'm doing damage to my body. Right. And at no point was my doctor ever like, Craig, like. What get control think? like you're you're so yeah bad. i've done little things like i've been at a play or something and you know i've eaten and didn't want to like make the sound of me testing during that and i've just been like well i guess i'll just get it after like i've made little decisions like that yeah so it was it was a point uh that i'm not proud of where my coworker had seen my omnipod in my arm and asked what it was and i I lied. I said oh, it was yeah. like a pedometer or something like that. And 
she just kind of like that you went through that and it was later that i then told her i type one it was no big deal yeah of course not but i i don't know i guess it was good for me to think it was going to be so bad that i would lie about it and then it not be such a big deal right setting yourself up it really like made me understand like oh like it's not a big deal people don't care and if people do care like fuck them yeah we've had this whole episode yeah yeah so workplace loves yeah just workplace life is hard because yeah i think there's this this pressure to feel like you don't want i don't know, to get not in trouble or you don't want you don't want to be type a one liability. to be yeah you don't want I have say, felt I, like you're that. You're not doing this. Okay. I have felt like that, although no one made me feel that way. It was all internal. I would be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then I'd be like, like, think about it. Re- actually, really quickly, everyone, think about it. If you were at work, what, say you're a server. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and listen to the sound of my voice. <laughs> you're walking into work. It's 8 a.m., <laughs> 9 a.m. Say you're, you just started working with someone new. Okay. And Billy, the shift is really busy and you ask for help. And all of a sudden you see this coworker sitting there drinking a juice box. And your first thought is probably what the fuck is this new guy doing? And then they go, I'm so sorry. My blood sugar is low. I'm going to need a second. Do you guys really think you're going to be like, are you kidding me? You better get on the floor and help me. Billy, the new like, no. So no. So I would be so apologetic. I'd be like, guys, I'm so sorry. I know it's busy out there. I'll be out there in a second. And they'd be like, Laura, Obviously, we can see that something is wrong with you. Like, it's obvious you're not making this up so that you can get out of, like, working during the rush. Like, take your time. Like, I mean, if anyone has a heart and soul, they shouldn't be making you feel guilty for taking care of yourself. But there is that pressure where you do, like, clearly, we it, it definitely feels like a liability. I just went on a hike with someone, and I kept going low the whole hike, and I kept being like, I'm so sorry. Can we stop again? Can we stop again? I'm so sorry. And they're like, yeah, of course. And I, even if they understand, like, I'm sure it still could be annoying. Like, I still might get annoyed if someone had to keep stopping. I'd be like, maybe I would have been like, next time, maybe don't say that you want to go on a hike. Yeah. If every Never ten, hike with me Yeah, again. if every 10 minutes you have to stop. Like, I, I'm sure that you can, they can be frustrated. I don't yeah. think that's wrong of them. But uh, no one should be getting angry. Those aren't good people. I think, and this is probably a theme that we've touched on in the past and we'll probably continue to touch on. A lot of the issues we have with type one are things we kind of make up ourselves, are things that we assume. Yeah. Diabetes delusions. DDs. We should change the name of the show. Diabetes delusions. Um. We, we think people are thinking this way, but we have no idea know what they're thinking. And most yeah. of the time they're not. And I think that goes, I think that applies to every human on the planet with insecurities. Yeah. And diabetes just adds to our insecurities. But if you wake up with a pimple on your face and you're like, everyone is going to be staring at this and you, no one is going to notice. No one cares. And if they notice, yeah, no one cares. No one's going home and talking about it like to their husband. Oh like, god, oh my god, you god see did you see Laura's her pimple? pimple? It was huge. But there's always going to be that. I, I am, I have so many insecurities. There's always something I think I obsess over, and I. So diabetes just added one more thing to that. 
Do you think you still obsess? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have like the weirdest, I've had the weirdest anxiety lately where I just, every decision I make, I feel like is the wrong one. And, but if I were to make the other one, then I would think that was wrong. Like it doesn't matter what I'm deciding. And I am talking about the most minuscule, trivial like what decisions like <laughs> changing your landscape no like not even diabetes related like i have been trying to find this <laughs> this kind of boring i've been trying to order this outfit for a wedding oh my gosh and i've been ordering if any if any girls traumatic. are listening i keep ordering from asos and you guys all know like they get there pretty quickly but it's like european uk sizes and i my i'm just like so in between sizes just hear me out guys so i keep ordering these sizes and then being like well, maybe this could be a little smaller, like a set, or maybe this could be a little bigger. So then I order the next size and I'm like, this is way too bigger. This is way too small. But then I like stand there trying on both things, not deciding how I want it to fit because neither of them fit perfectly. And then it's like, I need to make the right decision. And it's everything, like everything I do, like what I brought to lunch. I'm like, well, I should have brought the other thing. And I just can't relax about like, just, just make a decision and move on. I just keep like being really hard on myself. Complete indecisiveness. Yeah, and then just like but beating myself up over the decision that I make. To the point where you don't even make a decision? You Sometimes, just like return I mean, all I just like, my poor husband. I don't, I, I just had a thought of like, I wonder how many times I've said my poor husband on this podcast. <laughs> but just like, I got these shoes and I'm like, do you like, like, I just keep trying things. I don't know. I just can't make up my mind. But then I keep thinking I did the wrong thing. And then I just like regret it or I end up like not even wearing it. And then it's too late to return it and I don't know <laughs> you know or like I send an email you know to a company or something and then I like completely regret what I said but then I think about if I would have said the opposite and I'd be like well you probably well, shouldn't say that either I know but like I have been really good I know I came here I was like life is so good but now that you've really gotten me started talking life is like terrible. my weird anxiety is just like I just can't be Anyway, <laughs> so I was saying diabetes just adds one more thing to that. Yeah. Just now I went to get more insulin and I was got, I got three units. I injected it. And then while it was still in me, I went up one more and I got four. <laughs> like I didn't even take the shot out. Yeah. Was because it right I thought decision? I was going to go high because I always go high after. Um, we'll see. Okay. TBD. TBD. So if you're... I don't know. I feel like, I mean, the job thing is, I mean, I, I guess if we were going to look at it very objectively, like you as a person with type one have rights, you know, for things that you need. Yeah, you are to allowed to treat that low and not get fired for it. And by law, by law. Yes. So don't be pushed around. We're not doing that. Like there are things you know can your rights. Do. do some research. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand why you wouldn't want to stay somewhere like where people are pushing yeah, you around. Like, like don't surround yourself with bad people. There's lots of good people out there you could be working with. And then I guess, you know, in, in terms of your, management in your job it's i guess it's a very like what are you comfortable with you know yeah do you have a pump do you have a cgm what are you doing and like we you know, always what? say be prepared 
Always be prepared. Have low snacks at work if you can keep yeah. them at work. Have an extra meter at work just in yeah. case your pump fails or your dex pump fails. And there's a million different jobs and a million different things, but it's, you know, we whether can, you're, you're a worker on a run or at home, like, yeah, like there are things you can do. And I always tell people, I'm like, when I never thought, when I was younger, I have had diabetes practically my whole life. I never once had the thought like, what am I going to be when I grow up with type one diabetes? What am I going to do as a type one diabetic? Like that thought never crossed my mind. The only thing I thought was, what do I want to do when I grow up? What do I want to be? It was never, what are you going to do while you're testing your blood sugar every couple hours? Yeah. And I don't think that should be anyone's thought. I mean, the thing is in the end, like you can do anything. Yeah. There are jobs that were, legally not allowed to do but if you can't be a commercial pilot like you, you can, can be, be a, a private pilot yeah, which there are plenty yeah if you can't be in the military you could be a police officer there's tons of type one police officers and i think this is also on a you know city by city or person by person basis mm -hmm. um yeah you can do anything you want to do Whatever you set your mind to. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and it's produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. Subscribe to Betaso wherever you listen to podcasts to get out of range downloaded automatically on your phone every week. Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit patreon.com forward slash Betasel for more info. And as a special bonus for our Patreon supporters, I'm going to have reserved front row seats. Ooh, oh, that's good. You didn't tell me show. that. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. So if you live in Los Angeles and you want to oh, really Craig, I see love the that. goods. That's what you get. I love that. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out, Out of, of Range. Range. That's it for this week's episode, but just a uh, reminder, you can still get tickets to our live show in Los Angeles, September 22nd. We hope to see you there.